Coming into this season, if I were to have asked what the biggest weakness is of the Sacramento Kings, I think most of us would immediately have said defense. And while the defense does definitely still need to improve, I don't think that's the Kings' biggest weakness at the moment. Alan Styles from Sacktown Sports 1140 Radio joins me here on Locked on Kings for the first time ever to discuss the new biggest weakness in our opinion, which is the Kings wing position and wing depth. It's all right here on Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked on Kings. Hello and welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all season long. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a Sacramento sports anchor and reporter for ABC Ten News. I formerly worked at Sacktown Sports 1140 Radio. At the time, it was just known as, as uh, KHDK, uh, Sports 1140 KHDK. Uh, I did not have the opportunity to work with my guest here on Locked on Kings. He's relatively new to the Sacramento market over the last handful of months, but he does an amazing job uh, hosting the afternoons or the midday shows uh, with Chris Watkins, who you should be very familiar with. Chris Watkins, a, a major friend here. Uh, of the Locked on Kings podcast and someone who's, who's of course, deeply ingrained in, in Kings coverage and, and sports talk here in Sacramento. Alan is his new co-host. He comes from the Bay Area, has Bay Area ties, but getting to know him over the past uh, couple of months and, and, and talk with him and, and hang out with him at Kings games, and just talk Kings basketball and other sports with him. It's been a lot of fun. So I said, you know, it's overdue. We got to have him here on Locked on Kings. Uh, and, and it was a perfect time because Alan and I both do feel that the wing position and, and and physicality and athleticism really at that spot is something that this Kings team is definitely lacking. So we hit that hard. We'll talk about Harrison Barnes, of course. We'll talk about Keegan Murray. Uh, we'll talk about the Kings trying to upgrade uh, their wing depth. We're also going to talk about the in-season tournament and, uh, and how much it mattered, not just to us, but how much it mattered to the Sacramento Kings. So a lot of great conversation here uh, in this podcast. Hope you enjoyed. If you want to respond, to anything that we discuss, feel free to do so. You can hit me on Twitter at MattGeorgeSang. You can email me, MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com. And if you're uh, watching on YouTube, feel free to uh, join the conversation in the comment section down below. But for now, here's my conversation with Alan Stiles. I love being able to bring in first-timers here to the Locked on Kings podcast, and I have a feeling this is going to be the first time of many times. But here, for the first time on the Locked on Kings pod, Alan Stiles from Sacktown Sports 1140 in the middays with my good friend Chris Watkins. Alan, you are now incorporated into Sacramento culture. You understand what the Kings are doing here, and we're so glad to have you here. It's been a lot of fun getting to know you uh, over the past uh, few months. And now, hey, King season is in full effect, so I thought, I got to get you on the pod. It's a pleasure, my man. Thank you for joining me, and I uh, we love having you here in Sacktown. No, thank you, Matt. Thank you for having me on. It's been great so far. Everybody in Sacramento has been extremely nice. And, you know, coming up from the Bay Area, it's definitely – a little bit different, but honestly, not as different as I think a lot of people may may think it is. And I've had a good time coming up here and getting to know you and Chris and people from the station, people not from the station, random people. So it's been great. And, you know, the Kings, 
trying to figure out what they're going to be this season. So it's been exciting so far. You and I were both in the building when the New Orleans Pelicans beat the Kings for the third time. It's crazy. I think the Kings have only lost to four teams this season, which is pretty crazy. And the Pelicans yeah. have beaten them three times now. And this one was the the one that hurt the most. And Alan, I, I walked away from that game, not only frustrated that the Kings had lost to the Pelicans again, but I walked away realizing like these, these feelings of frustration that I have make me realize how much the in-season tournament actually meant to me, how much I really wanted Sacramento at the very least to make it to Las Vegas, to make it out of the knockout round. I was curious, your feelings around the in-season tournament, like that that cliche, you don't know what you got till it's gone type right. thing. But now that it's over, I want the Kings to be in it more than ever. Yeah, no, I, when we did the show yesterday, the day after they, the day after they lost, it was a weird feeling. Because and you were in the post game press conference too. I think it was a weird feeling in the post game presser, and nobody really knew how to feel because you could tell that these guys really wanted it. I know Domas Demonte Sabonis really wanted it. He was probably the most vocal the whole time. I think a lot of other players and even teams just said, "Well, the court was different." And then once you got into it, I think that you could tell that you you did want it, right? And I think that the Kings it, it stung for them the most because I think they wanted it more than some other teams maybe did, maybe teams that have gotten further in the playoffs these last couple seasons, but they went up against another team that hasn't really done much in the playoffs in the Pelicans. And, you know, for all the jokes of, Oh, this is kind of a JV situation for the smaller market teams and the teams that haven't done much in the real playoffs. I, I do think it does matter. And I do think it could have been a nice stepping stone. And I think that the Pelicans saw that, Right. I think they came up against a team the Kings did who cared just as much, even though I say that if you watch the game with the Kings or with the Lakers and the Suns last night, look like they cared a lot, too. Mm -hmm. So there's something about when you put high stakes in a game, you make it a knockout game that just brings the competitive nature out of everybody, no matter what people say. Can't really speak to the fans, but Devin Booker on his Instagram, Kevin Durant, what he had to say. I mean, it was all over social media, the the timeout when they didn't actually, the Lakers didn't actually have the ball. So I think everybody, it's easy to say they don't care, but you put urgency behind anything, they're going to care more. Let's look at the all-star game a couple years ago when they were doing it for charities. That was the hardest all-star game that we saw played. So I think it's easy to say that nobody cared to start, but once we got going and seeing how, wow, trip to Vegas, some bragging rights, you still have months and months before the playoffs. So you got bragging rights going into it, build that momentum. And for the Kings specifically, being a being being on the national stage would have been nice. So I think it really hurt the guys. Are you able to easily keep the, the in-season tournament and playoffs separate? And what I mean by that is, I think one of the reasons I, I was frustrated about the Kings losing to the Pelicans is, granted, very different play uh, playoffs, a seven-game series, so you're, you have more than one take at it versus in-season tournament. It's a one-and-done, which is actually what I like so much about the tournament. Mm -hmm. But here you have is almost like a... It's not against the Warriors, but it's another opportunity. It's another Game 7 type win or go home on your home floor, and the Kings lost it. Granted, yeah. to a very different team that's a tough matchup, but now two major games that we've seen in the Golden 1 Center. And Alan, even going back to last year, the Kings had multiple opportunities to clinch their playoff berth for the first time in 16 right. years in Sacramento, and they weren't able to win those games. So it's just those big games in the Golden 1 Center that you want to see this team find a way to win. They didn't win. Am I overreacting to that or do I see is there correlation there you think 
There could be correlation. You know, I've been trying to ask a question, Matt, and maybe you will understand this. I've tried to ask it with our other hosts during different crosstalks and crossovers. Nobody's really been able to understand it. So if you follow me on social media, it's not it's not a surprise. I'm not trying to hide it. I came from the Bay Area. And one thing I said about the Warriors team when they were at Roracle, not so much at Chase, a little bit of Chase, but not the same, is that as great as having that crazy crowd is there's something about not wanting to let them down which can turn into pressure and which can turn into maybe bad shots because you want to see them erupt and i wonder now with golden one being one of the most exciting arenas in the nba if the kings are dealing with that a little bit you know malik monk said a couple games ago we it feels like I have the city on my back, and that was in a positive manner. But it could also be a little bit of pressure, and we know pressure makes diamonds. But when you get in that golden one center, and now that you've lost multiple games, I don't think you're completely off base to think maybe there's a little bit of pressure. Dare I say, when they walk in there, and the fans, I mean, what are you going to tell the fans to not cheer as loud? I mean, you would never do that, but they need to find a way to harness that energy that the Kings give them and not maybe you know, try to steamroll a team or just bury them. And they did a good job against the Warriors. That was probably one of the the best games that I saw played in Golden 1 because the Warriors, they really took the they took the crowd out of it. And now I'm starting to wonder, did the Kings start playing better because they felt less pressure at all because, the, because it was quiet in there? I don't know, but I do think that there is something to that, to wanting to get the crowd so much involved and – okay, here comes a heat check from somebody who shouldn't shoot a heat check right now. And you're, you're, you're thinking the game is over and you look up and Matt, that was the long, that Pelicans game. That was the longest first quarter I have ever been a part of. Mm-hmm. It felt, I looked up and I, I said, there's no way it's still only the, the first. And that's, that's what it was. And I think they may have felt that too, because we gave it our all. Jose Alvarado comes in who they did not name by name besides coach Mike Brown. And, you know, they felt like they gave it all and they looked up and they were up one point. Yeah. No, I, I think I'm following you a, a little bit with that. I'm, I'm no sports psychologist, so they'd probably be able to talk about it more than I can. But I mean, we see the Kings at times to your point of of kind of wanting that pop. Sacramento, a couple of players like to, to tend to go for that home run ball three pointer mm-hmm. at the to cap off a run or to get the Kings back into a game. And sometimes they make it. And of course, the Golden One Center pops off. And other right. times there's just that collective groan as it rims out, which has happened far too many times this season. But even Mike Allen has talked about this, too. And Mike talked about this coming into this year, because going back to last season, the Kings were a better team on the road than they were mm-hmm. at home. And Mike Brown even talked about on the road, they had to create their own energy. In Mm -hmm. Sacramento, they would almost over-rely on the energy of the crowd. And if an opposing team took that energy out of the building, the Kings and their energy would be, uh, uh, would take a step back. So even Mike has talked about not like Kings fans, it's your fault, yeah, but it's, yeah. it is definitely a different, different dynamic playing mm-hmm. in Sacramento. And especially if you want to be a legitimate contender, like Mike is trying to get this team to be your home floor. And I said this coming into the season, I wanted to see Sacramento make the golden one center a place where even if they are the underdog, no matter if it's the champions of the Denver mm-hmm. nuggets that come in or the, the, the worst team in the league, like the Detroit Pistons, Either way, every single team is looking at Sacramento and going, oh, it's going to be tough for us to get a win here. And that's what the Kings still need to do. Yeah, definitely. And even going back to the in-season tournament, you just bringing up the Nuggets, that's how you know the in-season tournament matters because 
yesterday did not feel like the Kings had just beat the defending champs on Saturday, mm-hmm. right? The Kings have been playing fairly well. And, it, and, and after losing that game, and I think that's part of it too, but after losing that game, I think because of what was on the line and especially being a, a kind of an upstart team as the Kings, it did not feel like the Kings had been playing as well as they have actually been playing. And I think that's a testament to the in-season tournament mattering more than maybe some people let on. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're preparing for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire every week, we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for this week's eBay Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Five names for you, Patrick Williams, Obi Toppin, Kelly Oubre Jr., Derek Lively II, and Killian Hayes. Let's talk about Derek Lively II a little bit. If you go back to uh, the the offseason and, and, and the summertime, Derek Lively was someone who is definitely on my radar, who is hoping had the small, itty-bitty chance of falling to the Kings in the draft. There really wasn't a chance at all, and Derek Lively has is, is carved himself out a nice spot uh, with the Dallas Mavericks. Josh says it's hard to find starting centers with big growth upside, and Lively is already flashing that upside. Of course, he, he can score every once in a while. Scoring is not his biggest trait, but with his rim protection, his rebounding, and the amount of opportunities that he gets uh, playing alongside Luka and Kyrie and the amount of shots that they put up per game, Derek Lively is someone who can maybe help you win a, a week or two right now and fill up the stat sheet right now, but has the potential to get better and better and better as the season goes on. So Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Well, it's the same thing with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride is running smoothly. You can get brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or you get your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not burning cash. Keep your ride or die alive at eBay Motors. Dot com eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Well, this question is not intended to be as one-dimensional as it sounds, Alan, because there's there's different aspects of this team that they need to improve. Mike is trying to improve this team across the board, even improve their strengths or, or adapt their strengths. I thought one of the most interesting things that Mike intentionally did during training camp this year was going away from the things that he knew and the players knew work because he wanted right. them to be uncomfortable and not just reliant upon that. So even with the strengths, he's trying to adapt those as much as he can. But in terms of like a number one thing, you think of, okay, if the Kings corrected this or if they had this or if they did this, that puts them closer to being a contender than any of the other corrections that they could make. What is the first thing that comes to mind for you? You know, we're going to get there eventually, so I might as well go there now. They just they, they need to get more athletic. I think they're missing one really athletic piece. I just don't feel when you see the the problem for me, Matt, is that this list keeps growing mm. of the teams that give them problems. And I know they beat the Timberwolves, but they shot the lights out against the Timberwolves. And I don't know if you're going to do that for during a seven game series if you're up against the Timberwolves. You know, just doing the breakdown, the Kings right now, and you look at where the Western Conference is. Okay, so you, your chances of going up against one of these teams, and even just the first round, you have the Timberwolves. Now you can put the Pelicans in that conversation. You have multiple teams, and I, I would put the Clippers. I mean, any team, it's a wing-driven league, 
And that's, that's one of the King's weakest positions is the wing. So that's a problem, right? Mm -hmm. So you need to get more athletic at the wing position, any, any way you can. And I know the obvious answer, and you asked a great question to coach Mike Brown during the post game presser about, about Harrison Barnes. And honestly, to, to keep it 1000, I, and I, and I said this before and I'll say it again, it wasn't a great answer from coach Mike Brown. I mean, he talked about rebounds, which everybody needs to rebound talks about defense. It honestly sounded like he wanted to say intangibles, but you cannot say intangibles when you have somebody on the court, right? Mm -hmm. You, you just can't say that. So they have to get more athletic at the position. Maybe it's on the roster. I don't know. I don't, I don't think so, but I think that's the most glaring thing. This, this league is continuing to get more athletic. And if you, if you go through the starting five for the Kings right now, who is the, mo the, the most athletic person is De'Aaron Fox. But be besides De'Aaron Fox, you could argue that even Keegan Murray, he's young, but I wouldn't call Keegan an athletic freak. It's Malik right? next, right? The best, right. Well, I'm saying that even just the starting lineup. Oh, the yeah. starting lineup, I think besides De'Aaron, everybody is just average, maybe at best, mm -hmm. at best. So that's a problem for me. No, I, I'm with you, and I'm glad you brought up the, the question that I asked Coach Brown because it's not too often that I disagree with Mike. Like, for the most part, like, I like full faith in Mike Brown. I still have no matter what, full faith in Mike Brown because he's a lot smarter than I am. But I asked him that question, and the answer that I felt we got was like a protect Harrison answer. And yeah. I know Harrison is very well liked in that locker room, but we've seen Mike call out better players for – less lesser mistakes mm -hmm. than the consistent mistakes that Harrison is making. And I think Harrison might be under the, the, the scrutiny or might be under the pressure coming from the organization to where Mike feels he doesn't have to add on top of it yeah. uh, by pointing out the obvious areas that Harrison is not succeeding. But when I asked that question, one of the first things Mike said is I thought he did a pretty decent job on Zion. When Zion wanted to attack Harrison, there was nothing Harrison could do. Yeah. Granted, Harrison or Zion's a freak of nature. I don't think yeah. the Kings had anybody on the roster to right. throw if at Harrison him. was doing a good job, why did you keep bringing help? Yeah, and and when Harrison was switched on to Brandon Ingram, Brandon was scoring every time. Like, and, and that's the biggest thing that I notice when when I'm looking at Harrison Barnes is like I think two members of the starting lineup actually hurt his case, and the first one is Keegan Murray because we see Keegan putting in the effort on the defensive end of the floor. He doesn't mean he's perfect, and we're going to talk more about Keegan a little bit later on. But when Keegan defends a wing versus Harrison defends a wing. It's night and day difference. Yeah. And then if Mike's talking about the rebounding, talking about the intangibles, in addition to scoring, you have Kevin Herter, who is primarily known just as a shooter, who has taken major steps this year to rebound and to defend. Mm -hmm. So you have a smaller, more skilled player in one area, someone who's yeah. supposed to space the floor, whose primary responsibility is scoring, who has managed to step up as a rebounder, step up as a defender, and Harrison keeps disappearing in these big games in the box score. So, like, it's getting to a point, and I'm, I'm, I've been captain defender Harrison for forever, and I was right. glad the Kings right. brought him back. But it's getting to a point now where consistently you can see the it doesn't, it's not hard to spot what the biggest weakness is with Sacramento right now, and Harrison's at the center of it. Yeah, unfortunately, he is, and you know, I, I love using real life examples when talking about. When talking about sports and, and let's be honest here, 
you can outgrow relationships, right? You can outgrow friendships. You can outgrow romantic relationships. And I just think it's gotten to the point where Harrison Barnes, and I think that's why I know you said you were a fan of the re-signing of Harrison Barnes, but a lot of people were a little bit confused about it. Sure. Because I think we're just getting to a point where the Kings are outgrowing Harrison Barnes and the relationship, the relationship as a starter. Now, I don't know. I'm trying to think off the top of my head how often if you make a trade and Harrison happened to not be a part of it, which I don't even know how that happens. And you send him to the bench for whoever you traded for. I, I just think it gets a little bit awkward mm. if it's internal. I mean, we even talked about, I even threw up, I might sound crazy starting Sasha Vizankov. Why not? I mean, you're, you're talking about, you know, Mike Brown says he's in there to rebound. Harrison Barnes is averaging under four rebounds a, a game. So mm. what, what, what rebounds are we talking about here, Mike? So I just think that the Kings, if they want to take that next step as far as a team, they've outgrown Harrison Barnes. I think Harrison Barnes was needed when they were a little bit younger and trying to figure out their footing. And it can happen quick, right? You can get that new job and all of a sudden you and whoever you're with, you, you got to move and all of a sudden you're not together anymore, right? It, it's, not, it's, it's not always a slow burn. And I, just, I think that's what happened. I think the Kings took a huge step last season and they had to keep Harrison Barnes because they didn't know what was going to happen this season. And they're finding out fairly quickly, oh, we need something else if we want to take that next step. Because I think the problem is you can't be at media day and you can't keep preaching championship, championship, championship and not hold everybody accountable in the same way and say, well, that's what, who Harrison is. Well, that's just not good enough anymore. If you want to be what Mike Brown always says, if we're the team that we think we are, if we're going to become the team that we think we can be, I don't think you can become that team. And it's not about Harrison Barnes. It's about the, it's about the collection. If, if you're going to have a, a, if you're going to have a Kevin Herter, a Sabonis, a Keegan Murray and De'Aaron Fox, you need somebody else. I mean, last night, and I would say Harrison is probably better than this guy defensively, or I would say offensively. Right. But Jared Vanderbilt comes back for the Lakers yesterday and the Lakers yeah he can't shoot worth anything but he's your lockdown guy right mm -hmm. so at least you know no pun intended so at least you know exactly what he's there to do I think there is a a big difference and also a fine line for fans between change and upgrade though mm -hmm. and and that's where I think the Kings are in a tough spot is yeah they can make a change by putting Vizenkov in the starting lineup or trying to trade Harrison Barnes or find another wing out there yeah. uh but an upgrade I think is where Monty's kind of in a tough spot right now because there's like we have the star in our eyes of the idea of like an OG and an OB from Toronto yeah. right well I don't know if Toronto's accepting a package of Harrison Barnes and Davion Mitchell and draft I wouldn't say so. I wouldn't yeah, exactly. Say so. so it's it's as the Tyrese Halliburton Demonis Sabonis trade clearly showed. You have to give up something in order to get something, mm -hmm. and I don't think the Kings are necessarily going to be looking for Harrison's replacement to be someone who immediately steps into a big three or big four role that instantly mm. turns this team into a championship contender. But young two way wings are. A, a dime a dime. I mean, not even, no, that's the wrong saying. They're patented here in, mm -hmm. in the NBA. Every yeah. team wants to have those in abundance. And that is historically something that Sacramento has always struggled to uh, to hold on to and to uh, attract here to Sacramento. So I, I think there should be, I mean, I, I just hope uh, fans understand that, that 
removing Harrison Barnes from the starting lineup doesn't guarantee you an upgrade. It just guarantees change. Maybe change brings an upgrade, but like the idea of, hey, just trade Harrison Barnes for a better player. What? <laughs> you're you're not gonna get that. right. No, and and look, you can't. They they felt like they felt like re-signing him was the right move, and I and I probably it probably was just based on what was out there on the market and the money that they were willing to spend. They didn't want to spend the premium dollar for Kyle Kuzma. Yeah. I, I get it. Now, mm-hmm. do you do you regret that? Now, I don't know, but what I do know, you know, it's funny, Matt, that you say that it's hard to come by these wings. Because even though you say that, it feels like every other team has at least two when the Kings don't. So even yep. though I, it feels like, look, do you think, how much better do you think, and you got to think not, we're, we're thinking these premier guys, how much better do you think the Kings are with, dare I say, a Terrence Mann? I mean, a Terrence Mann, who is a name, he's not even a household name, but that's a guy, when I'm watching him with the Clippers, he does his job. He, he, he you know, he knows what to do offensive, offensively defensively just somebody like that is there anybody like that on the market and i don't i don't think that that's not your alex caruso that's not somebody like that sure so they got to decide what direction they want to go in but I, I do hear you on that i always joke about fans who want to give up people that they don't want to get the 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 prize fish right so og ananobi you could probably kiss keegan goodbye i don't I, I, what we know about the raptors is they think that those guys are worth the world. So there is, I don't see a world where they get it done and hold on to Keegan unless you're dreaming and you wake up. Like I said at the top of the show, today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Game Time. If you're looking for the perfect app for you to buy your tickets to whatever events, Kings games, sporting events, concerts, comedy shows, uh, theatrical productions, whatever it may be, Game Time is the first place that you should be checking. And usually you're not going to need to go anywhere else because Game Time's prices are the best, especially when you get up to the day or hours before the actual event itself. They have last-minute flash deals that cannot be beat, and it's the easiest way to find the tickets for the event that you are looking for. Uh, if you're buying tickets to a, a like a, a football game or a, a concert in a massive stadium, they have incredibly accurate photos of what your view is going to look like with the stage or with the field uh, from your seat, which is reliable. All prices that are, are shown is your total up front, so you don't have to worry about a bunch of hidden fees that hit you at checkout that actually make a, a $100 pair of tickets into $130 to $140. All those fees just come and, and beat us all up. We hate them. Well, game time does not have them. And you can also buy tickets in seconds. It literally takes two taps, and you could have your tickets ready to go and you're ready to get to your event. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account. And if you use code locked on NBA, when you create that account, you'll get $20 off your first purchase, $20 off tickets to whatever event that you want. Terms apply again, create an account, redeem code locked on NBA for $20 off download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Well, speaking of Keegan, I think my I know I'm guilty of this because I'm I'm captain defender Keegan or believe in like I'm the biggest Keegan fan out there and I do believe I'm I'm on par with the Kings organization they believe the belief that Keegan can become an all-star if everything goes right that's a big yeah. if but if everything goes right I do think Keegan has all-star potential I think the organization is hoping that 
much of the wing issues in Sacramento can be solved simply by Keegan becoming one of the best two-way wings in the league with his shooting that we know mm-hmm. he has and then with the improvement on the defensive end that we're starting to see. So the Kings might have their main wing here in-house, but Allen, for a team that's trying to become contenders now, for a team that's trying to go from good to great now that doesn't have the luxury to allow a player to, to take the time they need to develop into that, do you think the Kings might be putting, and, and ourselves included, might be putting too much on Keegan too early? Yes. I think I, I 101,000% think so. You are asking, if we're still talking championships here, you are asking a second-year player to be the third option, right, offensively, and really the first option when it comes to wings defensively on a championship contender. That's a lot. That's a lot. And you could tell it was a lot. And I think that was part of the reason Keegan was pressing. We we had multiple conversations about was he pressing because of the defense and he didn't, didn't have his legs or is it just the pressure? I think this team in general is dealing with, you know, be careful what you wish for. And I think Kings fans and, and Kings media, now that I'm a part of it as well, and obviously the Kings want that national that national spotlight Mm -hmm. but when it comes you know and i've said this i've said this forever exceeding expectations is much easier than meeting them the Mm -hmm. kings exceeded expectations last season Mm -hmm. this season trying to meet them now that they're higher has been a little bit different and i think keegan pressed a little bit early and now he's had a couple injuries Mm -hmm. so it's been tough for keegan to start I think they are putting too much on him, but as we've looked around, where else are you going to get it from? They really don't have a choice. And it's a product of the fact that he did ball out last season. So, Hey, let's just continue that and and continue to get better. So they're putting too much on him because that's how they got where they got last season. I don't think I would be for a, a long list of reasons. I don't think I would be a good general manager by any means. And one of those major reasons, Alan, is I think it's important to think ahead and plan ahead, but I, I worry too much about the future. And one of the biggest fears that I have with this Kings team right now is losing Malik Monk because we're clearly seeing, I mean, he stepped into his own here in Sacramento where whether you think he should be a starter or not, it seems like he's in the perfect role, the perfect fit, perfect environment. And he is, I mean, there are times where he rivals and challenges DeMontis Sabonis as the second best player on this team. He certainly has, he's still ahead of Keegan as the third best player as of right now. And he's even stepped into a role this season more than last season, Alan, where if De'Aaron Fox is Mr. Fourth Quarter, well, then Malik Monk is challenging him for that position too at times. Fox leads the league in fourth quarter scoring and rightfully so. But when Malik is out there with him, like Malik said a a couple of games ago, like you can't stop both of us. So Malik is so essential to what the Sacramento Kings are doing and is so unique and so difficult to replace that it's not a question of can the Kings afford to to, to pay him. To me, the question is, can the Kings afford to lose him? Yeah, no, that's 1000%. And I think the main thing with Malik, the, the money isn't going to be the issue, I don't believe. Maybe if somebody comes, I don't know, uh, I don't think he would want to go to Detroit because they're so bad. But somewhere like that, that just completely prices yep. the Kings out. That's possible. I think the Kings are willing to give Malik what they feel he deserves. I think the question becomes a, a similar question to what we're having now. If Malik wants to be a starter, what do you do? Let's say this season ends 
you know, the, the Kings, whatever they do, they don't win the whole thing. Cause I think that's the only, I think that's the only, the only change if they do win it all and you want to keep running it, but look at Bruce Brown. If mm. you know, that is kind of the promised land. And I think they said, Hey, if you, we win the whole thing, everybody gets to eat. So Bruce Brown goes on and now he's doing his thing in Indiana. So whether they win the whole thing or not, Malik Monk's importance is so obvious and, you know, for a guy who was on, on the cusp of being considered a bust and he's kind of bounced around after Charlotte, it's really a great story. And he deserves, I think, if he wants to start. Now, some people, you know, taking it back to business, right? Some people want to be managers, people managers. Some people want to be inv- individual contributors. And maybe Malik is okay being a six-man and just being that spark plug. But if he's not, and mm-hmm. if he wants to be a starter, who do you move? Mm-hmm. Who, that's a conversation we can have. The next time I'm on, and you know, whenever that is, but if Malik wants to be a starter, I don't think the money is going to be an issue. It's going to be if the season ended tomorrow, and you want to, you have to keep Malik. And Malik's agent is saying, not only you know you can get more money and get a starting role here. I mean, who doesn't want to start in basketball or on a team or in any sport? I don't know who it is. I don't know because I don't know if Harrison Barnes and Malik is a clean swap because I don't know that Malik can defend fours. Mm-hmm. So as much as we talk about, you know, Harrison Barnes, I think Harrison Barnes is better defensively at guarding fours like that and bigger threes. So I don't, I don't know what you do. It, doesn't it feel, doesn't it feel Matt so long ago that we were talking about Kevin Herter and his struggles? Yep. But Kevin Herter all of a sudden is, I wouldn't say he's untouchable. Right. But they're going to be some just like you can, you know, you can grow out of the relationship with with Harrison Barnes might be others. I don't know. But what I do know is that the Kings cannot and I'm going to take it here, especially after this Halliburton situation and what he's doing. Mm-hmm. You cannot let Malik Monk walk in mm-hmm. any capacity. You can't mm-hmm. do it. No, I'm I'm with you on that, Alan. Let's do this. Let's 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 get together uh, maybe a month or two from now and let's have that conversation about it. And, and maybe as a tease to that, real quick before we wrap up, like to me, if Malik keeps playing the way that he's playing, there's no reason to believe he's going to slow down. Maybe his percentages drop a little bit, but right. if he continues to be as important to this Kings team, and even going back to the playoffs, like he was huge in the playoffs for the Kings and the games that they won against Golden State. Like if this is who he continues to be. As much as I love him in that six-man role coming off the bench, and I think it's perfect for him, if he gives me that ultimatum, I'm saying, okay, you're a starter, don't leave. Like I yeah. just think I think that's how, one, important, and two, uniquely irreplaceable he is. Just Malik is one of a kind, and I yeah. don't know if Sacramento could ever find a archetype player that can provide what Malik does with Fox. Yeah, you can't take that chance. You've already taken a couple different chances. And I, it's not even to get into the fact of I think Sabonis is, you know, pretty underrated yeah. uh, in the national landscape. But you can't not right now. You, yeah. you got to keep Malik and you got to keep everybody happy. Well, we'll have that conversation later. Of course, you're going to have a ton of conversations with Chris Watkins, our good buddy. I'd love to have both of you on the show at some point. I'll, I'll yeah, fill your time. But but uh, Alan is is very gracious to, to give me some of his time here before he's about to hop on the radio and do a long radio show, which it, it's a grind, let me tell you. Doing so, I do 30 minutes a day, and sometimes I'm struggling. So for Alan and, and Watkins to do what they do, yeah. uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pleasure to have you on, my friend. Thank you for making time. Let's do this consistently, and uh, I love having you here in Sacramento and hopefully uh, it'll be a, a relationship for years to come. 
Thank you, Matt. Appreciate you having me on. Let's do it again soon. Big shout out to Alan for joining me here on Locked on Kings. I look forward to having him on more in the very near future. I'm excited to have that Malik Monk conversation with him because I think we're pretty much on the same page when it comes to Monk and uh, and his long-term fit here in Sacramento. And and I, I don't believe Monk is one to, to hold the Kings ransom. But look, at this point, Monk has a lot, a lot of negotiation power. And uh, he's had to to work his way through his uh, his NBA journey and and get paid certainly with the contract that he's ha- has right now he's getting paid significantly less uh than what he deserves or, or what his value is so i would not hesitate or rather would not uh judge or, or hold it against Malik by any means to to hold out for what he wants this offseason and i hope the Sacramento Kings are smart enough to give it to him but that's a conversation for another time that's a concern for later the concern for right now like Alan and i discussed is the wing depth of the Kings. What would you do to try and help with that wing position, that weakness? Are you riding it out with Harrison Barnes? Are you trying to move him? Are you going and trying to start someone over him? Alan brought up the possibility of starting Sasha Vizenkov. What do you think? Let me know on Twitter at MattGeorgeSack. Email me MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com and leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section down below. Can't wait to have you join me on the next episode of Locked on Kings. We now know who the next Kings opponent will be. They'll be playing the Suns in Phoenix on Friday. It's a tough matchup for the Kings. They haven't played the Suns yet, the New York look Suns yet. Uh, so we'll see how that game goes for Sacramento. Um, it'll be a tough game, but a game hopefully that they're able to win and, and, and bounce back after that tough loss to the New Orleans Pelicans. So the uh, in-season tournament moves on without Sacramento. We'll see how the rest of the week plays out in Las Vegas. Uh, I appreciate your support as always. Can't wait to have you join me on the next episode. Until then, my name is Matt George. You've been listening to the Locked On Kings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.